Sean. I'm the internet's Sean Baby, and with me, as always, is my very handsome partner, Robert Brockway. Here's a Brockway fact. I once abused my press credentials to steal a dangerous prototype unicycle. No follow-up <sighs> questions. That sounds like a Portland crime. I hope, you, I hope it was to destroy <laughs> was a, it so no one could you, use it. You, how did you, you just nailed it. It was a Portland crime. <laughs> There's no other city where people ride unicycles. Is Dangerous prototype unicycles that you would need press credentials to get. That is a Portland-specific problem. It probably just had like a hook to keep you utilicilt out of it. And you're like, <laughs> gotta have it. <laughs> and it skinned every single person <laughs> from the waist down. Uh with us today is uh, our special guest, uh, video producer, William Solari. Welcome to the Dog Zone. Hey, guys. I, I also want to say I'm fucking thrilled to be here because uh, I lived most of my life thinking um, I would never hear anything as awesome as the Video Power theme song until you guys <laughs> brought it back and just like gave it like horse hormones and, and fucking made it better. <laughs> Hush, nobody knows it's a yeah, reference. No, I, well, nobody even knows it's a reference. Nobody has once ever gotten it. <laughs> Which is insane, right? Like This is going to be a huge controversy. But yeah. people have seen that show, right? I mean, it wasn't just no. us. No, no one has seen it that was. show. It was nuts. And that host is absolutely dead of cocaine. There's no way he lived past season mm. two of that show. I like to think he's like Lawnmower Man now. Like he's he, living in the machines. I mean, absolutely. You can just one look in his eyes. Things. And you realize that guy at some point turned to Jesus and is like way too into Jesus now. He's like yeah. as into Jesus as he was into cocaine. Yeah. He's that guy. I, yeah. And found like a, 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 a paycheck and a following amongst like televangelists and shit like that now. Right. Mm-hmm. He's like one hit YouTube video away from getting raided by the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Will, you've done uh, a whole bunch of eclectic projects. Uh, is there yeah. something you'd like to plug here at the top of the show? Because we, we like to just do crazy shit and bail on the show usually. So if you need to plug yeah, no, something, that's, that's fair. do it now. Um, no, I just want to plug uh, the way uh, we met each other, Sean, which was going to be a fucking awesome show about video games that oh, yeah. for, for Dell and Alienware that never took off. I and it was gonna, Yeah, it was like, uh, uh, and, and it literally we flew Sean uh to austin got ready to shoot the next day and like at the 11th hour the literal 11th hour they were like no let's not do that because we don't know if we want to we want to do dell's gaming line or alienware's gaming line but i mean the show was gonna be great it was gonna be like swords and me and sean were gonna fight kendo masters and we were gonna test out like the the sword buster and like the master sword and that like eyeball vein sword from soul caliber to see what was the premise what was the premise of this what's just swords yeah just being awesome it was it was showing video games. Sword time with Sean, baby. Yeah, <laughs> which like how could that? Who could say no? But like it was a, um, you know, it was, it was showing video games. Uh, video game culture was like a like a lowbrow this American life, but like a highbrow jackass, where we'd explore like a theme in video games each week. Mm-hmm. It would be like me and Sean and Samantha Long and you know both eyes and all what? these great talent but you know i would get attached to a lot of if i'm being honest i get attached to a lot of projects that were jackass plus like a nerd thing like i think people just (laughs) really like to watch me get hurt yeah it's very much me you're the dork johnny knoxville (laughs) you're the less cool johnny knoxville that's 100 percent fair that's true isn't it what year was this what that this sounds like was that like 2007 yeah and it was really when everybody was trying to figure out how to have their own youtube but not be youtube this sounds like a 2007 problem yeah it was like for (laughs) dell's own like digital lounge we've got to do something with video games and maybe internet we've got some 300 grand how do we just get rid of it well it was gonna be great 
and we were going to like go to Alienware and it was going to be this like thing where I'm doing like a very straight tour of the the place while Sean and like Sam are running around like, you know, like uh, Hicks and aliens and treating it like it's actually an alien facility and fighting their way through it kind of like hard gay style. Um, all these great <laughs> stuff. But yeah, they just totally canned it. 11th hour. No, that's a hard gay is a Japanese character, right? We weren't we're like, no. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> no, no, no. A, that's a reference. You kind of always want to back up and explain. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, wasn't, wasn't pitching any porn. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm open to whatever, but like yeah. we yeah, got to right. really hammer out the details for 300 yeah, 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 yeah. grand. Yeah, Dell, if that's what you want. It's a lot of hot dog. <laughs> Dell, I, I think we get this made for like 200, 300 bucks. <laughs> the, cra- you know, the crazy thing was that show didn't like die for a while. Like at some point, Richard Garriott was on board. And then um, what was that MMO he did that just lost tons of money? Uh, was that that EverQuest like 3D Minecraft game? Yeah, it was like his sci-fi game. I don't remember what the name was, but that happened. And then he was out and just, you know, it was cursed, unfortunately. Yeah. But that's hey, how we got to know each do? other. We're going to do the Barbarian Adventure Game Part 2 today. This I'm going to hand over the podcast to Brockway. But before we start, uh, I want to check in with you to see if you have any um, knowledge or experience with the Barbarian Brothers. Have you seen their films? I, yeah. I mean, so on and off. I mean, I'd seen the Barbarians uh, probably every month of my life since it came out. Um, right, that film, yeah, it, instrumental canon film. Uh, the other one's not so much, despite being directed by like John Paragon. Um, and that was another like uh, tie in back to Austin. We pitched a show for the Barbarian Brothers called Camp Barbarian, where it was going to be a fat camp. <laughs> Did you bring in a ringer? You brought in a Barbarian <laughs> ringer? He's well, like, here's the thing. Like, the Barbarians. Yeah. yeah. I worked with those guys forever. And that's another show. Like, unlike our show that got canceled for like zero reason. Uh, a lot of good reasons for that one. Yeah, <laughs> well, we, we we had we had established uh, Camp Barbarian, got a production company involved. We're talking to Discovery, and uh, in the middle of the phone call, Peter Paul just goes, "Hey, uh, thank you guys for taking this call. I just want to let you know the show is going to be a success because last night I had a dream that uh, there was a wolf, and the wolf had a tomahawk in its mouth, and it was running down a road." made out of light and that light was words of encouragement and positive reviews for this show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, well, and that was yeah. a problem to somebody well, uh, to discovery. Apparently it was cause they were just like, Oh, thanks for the call. And we're gone. And that was, uh, that. Oh, see, I know. man, you're making if I had the green light. Show. That would be a double. That would be, you just doubled your budget, buddy. Yes. Well, you know, and back then, like everyone thought shows cost a billion dollars. So they were afraid to put money towards anything <laughs> other than, Wait, what was the yeah. premise of Camp Barbarian? Was it just like, we're going to start a camp and we'll see if you survive? Well, yeah. So the Peter and David had like, you know, they, they admittedly said that they had like bigorexia when they were kids and like couldn't do enough steroids, couldn't lift enough weights. No. Um, I know. Shocker. Uh, when they were kids. <laughs> We've really got it like, under control now. That's like, the Barbarian Brothers. 318, yeah. It, uh, they were like breaking records at like Gold's Gym and like, you know, throwing like 500 pound dumbbells through windows and shit and just being just amazing, crazy humans. And um, then I think, you know, uh, and maybe this is like more of a subject if you guys had John on the show too, where we could like deep dive into the like psychosis behind steroids and like almost being famous and how that makes you like crazier than being famous 
Wow, that's uh, a bit heavy for the do. Dog Zone 9000. But, but yeah, we're they, gonna do yeah, the opposite yeah. of that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which I'm good with too. Uh, but they got real introspective and like sort of new agey and um, real like into like health and fitness in a way that was actually healthy. And so they're like, yeah, we could do a fat camp, and because uh, we know how to like help kids like that. But you know, they're also kind of crazy. So it was good. Mm-hmm. It was a great recipe for a show. Um, yeah, if and, he's going to talk about fucking laser wolves running through the night. Yeah, like, and well, that's, yeah, that's, well, that's a great show. Thing, yeah, that's the hard thing about those guys is because like they're genuine about they were well they were rest in peace, David. Uh, they were genuine about like everything they said and did. And even if it was like crazy, like I'm Peter used to sign all his emails. Yeah. Peter used to sign all his emails, believe in the magic of your dreams. And it wasn't like, (laughs) it wasn't like a joke. He was just like, for real, do it. Why not? I mean, I fucking look at us. Like, I, I we, think some of you of might it. not be believing in the magic of your dreams. And I just you know. want and, to and send a quick reminder. Which could have been the problem with Discoveries. We didn't believe hard enough. So at least in that wolf dream. Like, yeah, that's you're a making a reality show and your principal star calls you and tells you about your tomahawk wolf dream. Like that is nothing but good news. Right. Well, that's sure. the, your best case scenario. That's crazy yeah. to me that they were like, oh, no, the host of our reality show might be unstable. <laughs> Well, I mean, I want to check out of this. Keep in mind, this is like pre Honey Boo Boo like era reality television. So uh, people were still kind of weird about exploitive television or what they thought could end up being exploited television or like a liability. And so they just they just ran. Um, But yeah, it could have been great also. And that's the story of how cowardice cost us the greatest show ever. I know. (laughs) But but again, 35 kids, their fitness. And I'm, I'm confident that most of. Of, of the industry listens to you guys podcast and it's just fucking getting on the phone yeah, with, we're, you know we're huge every agency camps. right now yeah to make these things happen yeah all right well you've seen barbarian have you seen twin sitters that's what we're going to be talking about today i re- once a long <laughs> how long ago. ago and follow-up question very important how wasted uh, well, so I remember Twin Sitters, like after, you know, we saw the Barbarian Brothers, we were like, we have to see all these guys' movies. And I think at some point, wasn't like the one where they're truck drivers and the one where they're babysitters like on TV, like all the time. Maybe but that's sort of what I remember. But that's about the extent of it. That and John Paragon, who was John B. directed it. Um, I don't remember anything else about it. And okay. I'm sorry, unlike Sean, I'm, the, the, the nanny genre is not my like... <laughs> I, and Sean, awesome, you haven't seen it at it's, all. It's no barbarians. I've seen several minutes of it many, many years ago. I don't remember a thing. Okay. Uh, I did put the theme song on our uh, soundboard, but I promise I didn't even listen to these lyrics. This is the song. What you looking at? Performed by one of them. Well, you, they both are musicians. I, I agree completely. Listen to this. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that so breakbeat there oh you don't you good don't? good <laughs> all right well today we are going to play brothers and barbarians it's like dungeons and dragons but bigger and stupider uh it is a role-playing game where you the two of you are the most barbarian of brothers the barbarian brothers i'm gonna yes. take you through the major events of twin sitters and you're gonna tell me what you would do in that scenario and i'll tell you if it matches up you get barbarian points if you get close or if you're just fucking barbarian as hell about it. Nice. Like get that barbarian spirit in you. I, it's never left. I am 
7% ready, which is barbarian for 100% ready. I'm, they're not good <laughs> at math. There you go. That's the spirit. Okay. Uh, we're doing Twin Sitters. It's a 1994 action comedy. It was a Home Alone ripoff starring, of course, the Barbarian Brothers. It would be crazy if it didn't. Uh, <laughs> it's just so wild in tone, though. Like, they made a wacky Home Alone, like, kids, crime, home invasion kind of sort of movie. And then they just went off into the woods on a, on a laser wolf made of light. And they just never came back. And it's... Uh, yes. They tried to make it an action movie, so it veers wildly between like a, a hardcore action film and Home Alone, like wacky shenanigans. So you, you're never going to know where you're standing. And I want you to keep that in mind as we play. I feel like Sean explained this one time in an article where it was like, you know, writers rooms like in the, the 80s, 90s were just like mountains of cocaine and people just writing down every idea. And I, mm-hmm. I don't remember the beats of this movie, but I feel like nothing is, you know sacred or can't be done well i'm warning you right now if you don't remember the beats of this movie and you're going to try to <laughs> logically project the as a movie would go you're not going to get it what you have to do <laughs> is fair. just let the barbarian spirit fill you with light wolves and yeah, run yeah. down the road to the, the twin sitters Put that that's how you can do it in my mouth all right you ready let's go let me ready. set the scene <clears throat> A lonesome American highway at night. The last thing possums and female hitchhikers will ever see. The honk of air brakes settle a big rig. A trucker steps from the cab, looking like his name is Big Hank. His name? Big Hank. He checks the woods for watching eyes, crosses to the rear of his cargo and releases a valve. Toxic sludge pours out and into the (gasps) nearby river. He coughs and gags on his own corruption. (laughs) A lonesome American parking lot at night. The last thing cockroaches and anybody that says yes to the question, want to see the inside of my van, will ever see. Two executives, tired in, let's say, business evil, are having a conversation. Frank, the lesser evil, says, I want it stopped. My neck is beginning to hurt from looking the other way. He thinks that sounded cooler in his head. Strom, the greater evil, says, all right. What's a visit to the chiropractor going to cost me? And he knows that was cool as shit. He really sells that line. (laughs) He's played by George Lazenby, and he gets like four lines in this movie. And he knows this one is the best one. And he just, Mm -hmm. he nails it. I want you to know that he nails it. And that I know you nailed it, George Lazenby. Frank says, I won't have it, Strom. It's got to stop or... Strom says, or what, Frank? Have you forgotten that your darling orphan nephews have extremely shootable bodies? (laughs) (laughs) This quiets Frank. Uh, He didn't think of that. Strom leaves and Frank makes a nervous phone call. It's me. I'm ready to talk. Over to you, the Barbarian Brothers. You are in a fine dining restaurant where cartoons of rich people, like you'd find in the New Yorker, are eating terrible food made by a diseased ogre, and it's hilarious. Uh, You, Sean, are Peter Falcone. You are wearing a tuxedo made for a child, and it screams in agony every second it tries to contain your torrent of flesh. You are a waiter. How do you take your table's order? Uh, I have two words for you. Walrus noise. (laughs) Cue up the walrus noise. Even if I wasn't going to give you a barbarian point... (laughs) 
<laughs> and you can't stop it, which, yeah, which is stop it perfect. You get a barbarian point for that. Sweet. Uh, it was not accurate, but man, you could not be more barbarian in spirit. Uh, you actually say, may I take an order, please? It is perhaps an Italian accent. I'm not sure why you can't do an Italian accent since your thing in this movie is that you're Italian. Uh, Linguists will suicide debating what what accent that was supposed to be. (laughs) The diners need a moment just stunned by the thing that you have laid in front of them. Uh, Will, you are David Falcone. Take your table's order. I mean, I would... uh like to just add real quick that as an Italian, I approve of this, this stereotype and uh, <laughs> also, muscle waiter, the yeah, muscle and, twin waiters. Yeah. And your ample description of, 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 of the fit of this tux. I'm just going to flex out of that tux. That's a good idea. Conversation. Not even going to have words. You just go walk up to your table and flex straight out of your <laughs> yeah, tux. Just right on my shirt. And then what do you want? You know, you get a You definitely get a barbarian point for that. Uh, you actually say, you do ribbit order, plea. <laughs> <laughs> and your patrons are instantly furious. They just ask you for a moment. Get this, guys. It's the same table. Oh, and they're so no. mad. They don't realize. And then you show up together. And what? You're twins. Mm. Important question for the both of you. Is there a slide whistle? Sure Had the slide is. whistle cue. And yes, yeah. you are correct. There is a slide whistle. Both putting down a barbarian point for that. Off to a, a rollicking start here. Maybe I'm just in a good mood. I got to dial back. Gonna <laughs> hit a big head. Handing them out. I, I will say, Brock, wait, you, you do have a gift for this. Like if there was an, an alternate audio track that we could play over this movie, I, I think you have found a, a second calling. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to, my gift is that I meant to write this movie. So I'm just going to write it again. Yeah. And be like, yeah, I don't know if it's a remake or whatever, but I wrote Twin Sitters back, like backwards <laughs> in time. And now it or, is. Or I'm confident there was never a novelization of this film, which again. Oh, there it is. Yeah. And that, that is that is a really great patron reward. Yeah, give me that. We get to this level, then you guys get a novelization of one of the films we cover on this show. That's Let me write like yeah. 63,000 words, barely enough to be considered a novel and then put the movie poster on it and put it well, in a safe mean, way. Most of those novelizations aren't, you know, barely considered literature. I mean, like words. So, oh, yeah, be fine. It is for bored children to pick off a rack as their mm-hmm. parents are grocery shopping. All right. Here's the thing. You have both, while we've been talking, you've both left your orders way too long under the heat lamps. The diseased chef is growing unhappy. Uh, what do you do? Uh, should we bark at him? That seems kind of like... Barking is... Bucking that's our Adam. go-to if if we're totally confused as to what to do i think we should bark i also um i remember there was a, a weird kiss that they did in the barbarians i think we should kiss at least mm-hmm. once um I, I, I don't think we should use that yet um yeah there's a top's gonna be one if there i is feel one. like we should yeah, lift like something i i think maybe throwing this food would be a pretty good option yeah if you're on the same page as me i say we throw this food Either at the diners or at the chef. Maybe one of us take each. We could carry the chef to the diners holding the food or while the chef is, has the food in hand. I like Just this. deliver them a uh, human above our heads. Uh, this it is, seems like a good uh, feat of strength, maybe. I'm on board. Or, yeah. or just toss him too. This is very spiritually accurate. 
but I'm not going to give you a point because you didn't go barbarian enough. Uh, the Fair. answer is you've left things too long under the heat lamps. The disease chef is growing unhappy. Uh, so you physically attack him. Uh, <laughs> David, that's you, Will. Uh, you lock his arms behind his back while you, Peter, Sean, uh, you uh, try to bash his head in with a statue. Holy shit. Uh, so he grabs an axe off the wall. There was an axe here, and he attacks <laughs> you both. Now, you initiated this fight. What do you do? Wait, he's, is he attacking us after we've already broken his skull in with the statue? Uh, you tried to break his skull, uh, and then okay. he grabbed an axe off the wall because there are medieval weapons all over this fine dining restaurant. Oh, man. Again, I, I, I'm, I'm a little focused, uh, again, thanks to that, that tux thing on my muscles. You know, how, you know how samurais catch swords? I'd like to try to catch an axe with my pecs. Oh, I love it. I'll just do uh, walrus sound. Uh, <laughs> just, I'm just backing him to up. Boost, to boost your brother. To yeah. boost his feet. We're, we're going to continue to hype man each other. All right. I'm going to give Will a point for that one. Uh, so that's that's a barbarian point for you. Because you are much more barbarian than what you actually do, which is you both immediately turn tail and flee Looney, Tun- <laughs> Looney Tune style while Jesus. that constricting iris closes on the scene. And uh, this is the opening scene. This yeah, is the kind of movie. Nothing more to be said. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, that's the that is a hell of a way to set a scene. All right. Now you're in a crowded home. You're having dinner with your parents and their entire personality is from Brooklyn. Your mother okay. looks at you and says, look at their necks. How do you respond? Oh, I, man. I burst out of my uh, whatever shirt I'm wearing. If I'm still wearing the tux, that's fine. I, but just with my neck alone. Yeah, I mean, and since this, we're following this cartoon logic, yeah, I'd like to think, you know how like either the battleship when they flex and it keeps getting bigger and bigger and there's like mm-hmm. muscle on top. That's, I'd like to see that happen with our necks as well. That's like that guy from the, Big uh, Trouble in Little China, in only all muscle. Yeah. yeah. Now there yeah. is precedent for that response. Uh, they actually, of course, did that, as you both know, in The Barbarians. Uh, mm-hmm. But not here. They both just say in unison, we know their necks are out of proportion with the rest of their bodies. You know. You understand, oh. you both demonstrate early understanding that you are freakish flesh monsters. Right. And if anything, you're just annoyed at how often it's pointed out to you. Yeah. Well, we've heard it all before. Is, is this, is at this point in their career is, uh, I know they kept getting bigger, but I, I'm trying to get a good visual. This is uh, 1994. So it's like, but is it like, seven is their neck from like the bottom of their ears to like the ends of their shoulders? Like big yeah yeah it's like it's definitely no longer a neck it's it's much <laughs> yeah. more of like a, a trunk or some sort of medical brace made out of flesh nice mm-hmm. good for them just two two skin logs on their shoulders just getting in car accidents and not even noticing yeah there's no problem <laughs> uh peter you explain ma it's only because there are no muscles in our heads to exercise. If we could exercise our brains, our heads would be so huge we'd fall over. Oof. And these, if you are prompted for a joke, please remember this joke. Please remember this as your baseline. Okay. Uh, it's time to establish your personalities. Your mother is going to do this for you in a little bit of exposition. Uh, David, you're always making things, while Peter, you're always breaking things. David's the brain and Peter's the heart. So got it. You're, you're, you got a brain, you got a heart, you've got a lot of muscles. What are you going to accomplish? What's your goal for the movie? I mean, we got to save that, that lake from the toxic sludge. Yeah, do we know about it yet, though? Well, no, but I mean, I, I would think our barbarian senses would sense the plot. That's true. 
or at least another form of like human growth hormone, like a potential uh, swamp thing situation, but with muscle. Right. What, um, and we're still keeping, they still have the accents like as thick as they did when they were doing the, the arguably thicker at this point. They're not doing the full Italian yet, but they're really leaning hard into the Brooklyn. Okay. Okay. Um, so to recap, uh, you think you're going to save a lake from toxic sludge since that's how we open the movie. It's kind of the central mm-hmm. device of the movie. And uh, Will, what did you what did you think we were going to do? Uh, well, I also thought we maybe should find new jobs since we tried to kill our boss. Okay. Uh, what you're actually going to do is open a restaurant together. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good you idea. got huge muscles. Your goal is to open a restaurant. Damn it. I was the brain. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> and I would like to, I don't think it comes up again. So I would like to clarify that the central premise of this movie is that this toxic sludge is being dumped. Uh, you as the main characters of this movie never become aware of that and don't care. I think we could get us some greater property out there by the toxic swamp. <laughs> How do you celebrate your new business venture? Dance party. Yeah. Or like, a, like a high five that creates like a, like we break the sound barrier. Oh, that'd be great. Will does does get a point for that. That's pretty close. Uh, What you actually do is you toast so hard, your wine glasses explode, sending glass shrapnel (laughs) flying at your parents. Fantastic. Uh. But here's the thing. You need a loan to start a restaurant. So next scene, you are at the Friendly Finance Bank, and it's time to apply for a small business loan. Now here is what is going to be the most important part of this game. It's time for a barbarian fashion check. Sean, what are you wearing for a bank meeting? Oh, something very nice. Uh, A tiny necktie that goes down just to my pecs, uh, cut off jean shorts, uh, and uh, a sleeveless dress shirt just barely contained uh, by two buttons. Pretty good. Uh, Will, how about you? What are you wearing? What's your bank statement? A similar attire, you know, like a nice jacket, but no sleeves, obviously. That those super skinny ties to make my chest look even bigger. Mm. Um, and ma- I, I don't even know if I need pants after that. I mean, that's business casual. They yeah. seem to be all business casual. Yeah, you can hang down with that. Yeah, yeah you're you're in the right realm, but you're really gonna have to up your game for this movie. Uh, <laughs> this is one of your more tame outfits. David is wearing fringe jeans with two belts, uh, two vests <laughs> sewn together, and a pirate's bandana. Peter, uh, Sean, is dressed in golf shorts over bright red leggings, a powerhouse gym crop top over a Where's Waldo shirt, and an old-timey aviator's helmet with goggles. Dress for the job you want, you know? (laughs) Which is some sort of sky muscle pirate, perhaps? (laughs) I mean, shit. I'm going to get a loan for my sky muscle pirate business. I'm updating my LinkedIn, like, job description right now. Uh, The sky muscle pirate ASAP. The squares are, of course, freaked. Uh, You meet with the bank manager, and he asks what you're going to put up for collateral for this loan. You did bring something. What is it? No, man. Uh, Is it our mother that we carried in there? That'd be interesting. (laughs) I'm going to... A woman, a local woman, uplifted. (laughs) I'm going to say one large boulder filled with exotic ores. (laughs) You're still thinking... You're still thinking barbarians. I know. I'm, I'm, uh. No, I think he, they're still thinking barbarians too. That's that's why. I'm, yeah, it's a little bit. Well, he asks what what sort of collateral you're going to put up. 
What's you, our, what's our yeah? What's our nineties equivalent, Sean, to uh, our, our barbarian treasure, our hoard? Um, Ooh, you're getting close. You're in the right space. Like a Let's like see. a, and if we're starting a restaurant, it's got to be like a secret recipe yeah. or some sh- like an uh, ancient pizza cutter. Right. Oh. Yeah, or maybe like a solid gold, uh, you know, dumbbell, uh, which also is used to to make food somehow. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, you got pretty close, but you didn't settle on it. Uh, what you do, uh, of course, he asks what sort of collateral you put up for your small business loan. And uh, the pair of you, you shake your heads and you make horse noises. You go, hur, hur, <laughs> and then you bring out a duffel bag full of Italian food. And in your oh. terrible ask- accent, you go, pasta, eggplant, palm, lasagna, cheesecake. The banker. Oh, so a bag of fresh pasta is yes. a collateral? A, a, I, loose, a bag of just loosely packed Italian food. Uh, and oh. your response is horse noises. And when the banker is unimpressed, uh, he says, pick up your pasta and go. And he says this <laughs> like it's an exotic foreign word he's never heard of and doesn't care for. He's too square for pasta, the most square food. Amazing. But he wants you to leave. So what do you do? Uh, I, bashed I mean, it sounds like fucking desk in half. Yeah, I mean, we've already mocked him when he asked us what collateral we had, and uh, we could also just throw that pasta in his face. Is that what that was? Were you or Sean, Sean, we could totally force feed him to eat our food, thinking that that might change his mind about our collateral. I We're love strong it. enough. I still want to break the desk. I, I want to do it on accident, though. I want to break it like going to feed him the pasta. So yeah, that's what we're doing. We're we're shattering his desk. And stuffing our food down his throat. Just, he'll know it tastes good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. dialing it in because that is exactly what you do. Oh, uh, you don't You don't break his desk. <laughs> However, I will give you credit for that aggression because it's much more aggressive than you yeah. probably figured. Uh, what you do is you pin him down, you wrench open his mouth, and you force feed him marinara sauce until he begins to choke. <laughs> he gags and he sputters, tomato sauce filling his airways. He thrashes <laughs> and whimpers, and we're still staying on this. And then slowly he stops whimpering and stops moving entirely. <laughs> and you're still hey, Rockway, pouring. I gotta be honest. This is my fetish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've killed a man with Marinara spaghetti sauce. Murder. <laughs> uh, you, and the next thing you're thrown out by bank security. The manager is still alive because there is a nearby Italian to just suck all the spaghetti out of his lungs, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but you, of course. <laughs> Mario was a plumber. You, of course, did not get the loan. So you bring the rest of your dishes to feed homeless at the park. Aw. Aw. Just real quick, Sean, how would you describe your current mood and situation? Uh, Extremely cheerful. I think that went really well. No, you're very bummed and you say, it's totally scatological. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Will, a soccer ball just hits you in the head while you're moping. A child runs up and says, give me back my ball, dickhead. What do you do? Oh, we do that. You know, with that challenge where you put the egg between your like bicep, you know, oh, yeah. pop. I'm just going to do that with the, yeah, with the ball. Fuck this ball. That Fuck is precisely what you do. Uh, you, you do pop it just with your bare hands. You just squeeze it with your bare hands, looking him in the eye the entire time as he slowly grows more and more terrified. The feeling of safety, <laughs> leaving his young mind forever. He does turn and flee. This and kid you, like, ran up on like two, 300 pound sky pirates. And yeah, called one kid, of them a dickhead. This yeah, kid and, wanted to die, but then you just you called him out on it, and he was like, "Maybe I'm not ready today." Yeah, the balls on that kid too, especially if he saw how we were dressed and covered in like you know 
pasta sauce feeding homeless people out of a duffel bag. Right. We're both pasta maniacs. sauce and certainly like blood and lung fluid. <laughs> like every one of those things is a is a danger sign that that kid should have known about. Yes, you were the yeah. you shouldn't have been allowed anywhere near this playground. If there was any justice, you would have been under arrest long before. Um, I mean, they let they let homeless people hang out there, so why not? Well, they do that in real parks too, though. Uh, no, in no real park is a barbarian brother allowed to hang out. <laughs> uh, Frank, the lesser evil executive from the, the start of the movie, is having a meeting with the feds. That's who he called. Across the playground, uh, standard government practice: large groups of mm-hmm. men in business suits sitting directly at the playground does not draw attention. They're going to put him in witness protection, but they actually specify we won't protect your nephews. Don't know why. The movie just needs needs that to happen. Do you think they said that we won't protect your nephews because they just saw what happened to that kid, like or about to happen to that kid? There's like, there's nothing we can do. There are fucking child eating maniacs in this park right here. Like, I'm not. Every child has a death wish. And is that was that your nephew? Because he is dead. He is dead. Uh, Men in trench coats suddenly whip out shotguns and begin blasting the children, or trying to anyway. Frank, feds, kids, local park goers, you, it's just, it's a massacre. They're not really aiming at anything. They're aiming at everything. It's up to you, the two of you, to take out the bad guys. So you tell me how and using what. All I have right now is an empty bag of pasta and homeless people. I I gotta be, I'm gonna throw those homeless people. A (laughs) hundred percent. They're vet. Most of them are vets. I think they'll know what to do. Yeah, we've been in them this type of situation. They're <laughs> grateful. For, Veterans for the of the barbarian wars are fully prepared to be <laughs> hurled like human lawn darts. You got to start somewhere. I was a nom. I know how this goes. <laughs> Throw me, boy. <laughs> no, you use the playground equipment, of course. Oh shit! Uh, you bash oh. in their heads with swings. You smash their crotches with a seesaw. The best part, uh, David, you bind them up with a tether ball. And then just start beating them with the tether ball. It, it's We're great. In a Jackie Chan uh, movie now. This is not a you, Barbarian Brothers movie. I can't believe you cut to that because you do a Jackie Chan move next. You both do <laughs> sweet simultaneous front flips to Whoa. save a baby from a runaway car, which is absolutely a Jackie Chan scene interjected yeah. in here. Incredible. All right. It well, is. And, a, it, and at first, I was like, "How could we do a flip?" But I, I, I'm guessing our strength is like upwards of like 19 to 27 at this a point flip so is it's just, really just like lifting yourself you know what yeah, i mean we can we can obviously defy it's just a self-lift flipping is mostly confidence which i feel like we have tons of it's oh, yeah. mostly glutes and you've got glutes that could just mm-hmm. crush a planet I bet they i bet in 1994 the barbarian brothers could easily do a flip but not easily touch their toes yeah that I, seems I, likely. I do get the sense from like where they cut the scene that neither of you landed that flip at all. Like you both just landed <laughs> straight on your heads and then got up like, you got it. <laughs> you need 20 more takes. You can't do a flip, but you do have neck braces. You have medical flesh neck braces. Right. We'll never break our, our necks. Or it's fine. It's later. You're the heroes of your local gym made up of entirely strong men. Uh, it's time for another barbarian fashion check. <laughs> David, <laughs> Will, give me that drip. What you wearing? Uh, I would like to think that I have a cutoff shirt, but then also have fashioned something out of that playground. You know, shoulder pads, like those uh, those weird knee pads. Anything Corpses else? Of homeless like, people. Exactly. Well, those are like on my they're on my back, like master blaster style, and and it's still like a duffel bag full of full of Italian food. I like where your head's at, but keep in mind you are in a Home Alone ripoff, so you've got to uh. do the Mad Max Apocalypse via Macaulay Culkin. 
So what you're actually wearing is Helen Hunt's outfit from Twister, but with six <laughs> bandanas on your leg and three leg warmers on your arm. I, I, I will say that they still sort of dressed like that when I met them. Like it was like homemade. They would have to. And like, I mean, you've yeah. cracked it. The world yeah. can change around you, but you don't need to accommodate it. Peter, Sean, your outfit. Go. All right. I've got um, bright orange, silky short shorts, uh, sideball showing way too short, way too loose. Uh, for the top, a very thin tank top, uh, do rag on the head, blindfold under that, banded mask <laughs> under that, uh, bandolier, uh, both sides, full X bandolier. Um, I'm carrying a suitcase, uh, <laughs> and, and cowboy, cowboy boots. I'm just, I'm trying to picture it. And on top of the blindfold, uh, cop sunglasses. I, I love that someone thinks that they're going to get to the the bottom of who you are. It's just like layer after layer of ah, foiled again. <laughs> just excellent instincts all around. They're going to serve you well later. But for right now, weirdly, it's just an old timey strongman leotard with combat boots. Oh, what's okay. going on? I You're sense the boots. I, I, the, That's a the, good look. That's that. Uh, who was who was who were the two wrestling brothers? One was a dog face gremlin. The other one uh, the Steiners. Yeah, the Steiners. Yeah, it's a very Scott Steiner look. Yeah. All right. In your gym, you, of course, encounter gym antics. Because you were wearing the gym's logo on the news, you get two months free gym membership. Oh. Now you only owe four months back pay. <laughs> you, ha- you have the nerve to tell another huge man whose neck is not as huge as yours that he has to lay off the growth hormone. He turns to you with his face covered in bones and asks in a child's voice, Why? <laughs> then wow. you see an excellent butt on a treadmill. It's just, it's a good day. So you get your pump on when Thomas, a square Englishman in a suit, approaches you. Peter, Sean, what do you do? I just like to think that we we pick up every human before we talk to them. Like, it's just the way that, you know, by each arm, picking them up in the air. Uh, Because manhandling anything just seems to be our, 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 our super skill. I think the key is not learning from our past mistakes. Uh... Or basically never repeating anything. So my instinct might be to pick this man up and fill him with pasta sauce because it went so well last time. I almost almost got a bank loan last time. Yeah. But I know it's not that. Um, yeah, we just have a sports bottle full of marinara sauce. I feel like I want to I want to get him into some sort of a weightlifting scenario. I want to like help. I, I assume he's asking me for help with a machine. I'm going to like jam him into some sort of a machine that doesn't quite make sense to him. Give him and just get him all tangled weights, up in like a yeah. solo flex. Yeah. Your instincts uh, are pretty good here, the, specifically the instinct to assault people. Uh, you <laughs> do physically assault him, but it's with an autograph. You assume that you're now famous enough for an autograph, so you <laughs> slam a newspaper into him and then kind of half-stab him with a pen. Uh-huh. What do you write? Fuck, fuck, yeah, keep flexing. sound? Transcribe a walrus Yeah. Very good. Uh, you actually write to Thomas. May all your ups and downs be in bed. Classic. Mm. Yep. Okay. Thomas, you see, is Frank, the lesser evil executive's butler. Frank was so impressed with your display in the park, he wants to hire you to protect his nephews while he goes into witness protection. Yeah, this, now, this makes sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is how you move a plot along. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, you arrive at his mansion for the interview. Barbarian fashion check. David, Will, Go. Oh shit. So we're I mean, we're we're trying to get this job now, I guess. Uh yeah, it's a job interview. 
I do like I I loved Sean's uh, layers and layers and layers. I would just like to think that my my outfit is just as inappropriate layers of bandanas in places. You know, they don't need to be like around my neck, like fifty of them, but just maybe one around my waist and my my junk. Mm. Good instincts. Uh, in this case, tastefully minimalist. Though you're you are wearing the admiral's uniform of the Rhythm Nation Army, but without a shirt. <laughs> Sean, nice. uh, skin tight, white tights held up. With a rope belt, riding cloak, hmm. night vision goggles, <laughs> a cyber gauntlet uh, with various mechanisms, various crime fighting mechanisms. Uh, it's it's my own personal invention. Uh, <laughs> Fade Gremlin's dad. Uh, it it shoots toothpaste, grappling hooks. Whatever you need. So you're just um, a Malibu comic superhero is what you are. Yes, I'm a Malibu comic superhero. Mm-hmm. I'm overkill. <laughs> uh, what you are wearing is a flannel shirt and denim overall shorts, over leggings with knee-high boots, a knit hat with an actual bird and its nest stapled to it, four wow. bandanas around your arm, and a telephone cord wrapped around your entire body. Fuck. One of these times we're going to just I, say random shit and get exactly get, the yeah, random shit the they vibe. did. It's it's dialing in each outfit. I feel like you're going to get it towards the end. I feel like the wardrobe in that department and the 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 production designer and whoever else like I, they maybe they took notes from the Barbarian Brothers. Like, what do you what would you wear in this scene, or what would you? And they just fucking went a bird take with it. A like, bird. There's no way they allowed a wardrobe department to tell them anything. <laughs> the wardrobe department yeah. was there to just procure. Like, when, yeah, I mean, when Peter like, went, get me a bird. They would just show up. Like, is this right? Yes. Yeah, it's like Stay they threw them in, my into like a backlot like props room and just said like dress yourself. And they did. Yeah, fuck yeah, they did. All right. <laughs> you you two drive up to Frank's estate, your job interview, in a monster truck. The license plate says too big. Mm. But his square ass security force tries to stop you at the gate. What do you do? Drive over everything. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> drive through the front door. All right, you're both getting a barbarian point for that because that is completely what should have happened. No, you heckled their haircuts. You okay. say, hey, nice cut. Is that a super cut? And then you suggest they get hair extensions to look more like you. You don't even got a bird on your head. <laughs> you're Which... now inside the mansion of a prospective employer. Thomas, the butler, asks you not to break anything. What do you do? Break something. Yes, you both oh, break everything. You just break everything in sight immediately and without question. Your job interview consists of one question. Where did you learn to fight? Go on the streets. I mean, well, technically it was in a fighting pit where we're being groomed to to one day kill each other. I feel like I want to answer (laughs) with an action. I want to say you tell me. The extended universe, the barbarian verse. Uh. I feel like I want to start a fight just to demonstrate that that's the type of person I am. Like I, I just, I'm constantly fighting. Yeah. That's, that's the best way to learn. Ooh, that's mm-hmm. a good impulse. Cause that, that will serve you well throughout this movie. However, not here. You both get surprisingly maudlin and say, we was fat kids. And when you're a fat kid, you learn how to fight or you learn how to hurt. And we got tired of hurting. Oh my God. Oh, I know. Man, my heart. Your, your Oscar is in the mail. This is a great answer to this job, to any job interview, to any question. This is just a perfect answer. So Frank, of course, says, I'd like you boys to stay on and look after my nephews. Thomas the butler has just arrived carrying a full tea service. 
what does Thomas do? Immediate when and given the slapstick nature of this entire thing thus far, probably drops it when he sees us. He drops the entire tea set and he makes a wacky face like there goes the neighborhood and see. It. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now it's time to meet the boys. Stephen is the shy one. Bradley is obstetrous. I obstetrous. That's something like that. Huh. Peter, they- what what do you have to say about that? That's you, Sean. Obstetrous? Yes. Stephen is the uh, shy one. Bradley is obstetrous. Uh, let's see. Uh, I've been a temptress myself, oftentimes. Pretty close. Uh, you say, gee, I hope I don't catch it. Mm. Okay. Are they twins also? Uh, you haven't met them yet. David, This uh, is you've just been deeply embarrassed by your brother. How do you say face in front of your new job? I mean, just, just, just fart, do it. Just kind of, yeah, we'll just keep flexing and just sort of try to overshadow uh, Peter at that moment. You know, just distract them with pecs. Uh, no, you say, you'll have to excuse my brother. He needs electrocution lessons. <laughs> I told you, remember that first joke. It sets the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Good. All right. Now you meet the Go nephews on. and you did guess it. Anybody in the world had to have guessed it. What, what, what? They're twins. Are they fat also? Uh, they're a little chubby. Hmm, yeah, they're yeah. going to have to learn to fight. Yeah. Uh, what what do you to say hurt. to them? First thing, the two of you, you say something together in perfect unison. And then yeah. I'll give you a hint. And then there's a sound effect. Name both. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm sure we laugh at how they're twins also, but I'm trying to think of the dumbest way, slapstick-ish, Looney Tunes-esque way we could say that they were twins. It looks like I'm seeing double. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty good. And you had it queued up. I'm going to give you a barbarian <laughs> point for that. Uh, you both say, yo, we the babysitters. And then there's a record scratch. Oh, God, I should have had it. Yeah, you should have had that one. Can't believe it. I have a record scratch on my soundboard. You're going to have to add one now. <laughs> you just yep. add into your arsenal. All right. We are eavesdropping on a secret phone call. You won't believe this. Thomas the butler is talking to Strom, the greater evil executive. The mm. butler is evil in a 90s movie. My God. Awesome. He's here to sabotage security from the inside so they can kidnap the nephews. He tells Strom everything about the situation, how there actually are cops here anyway patrolling the grounds, but they're not allowed inside the house for some reason. So like if somebody gets in, their job is just to let the kids die. And that's why they need you, <laughs> the house barbarians. But we're like meant to let them get kidnapped. Like, is he hiring us because we're doofuses? Uh, you don't know yet. Anyway, yeah, I, and, and I, I like I like this idea that it's like a county line that they can't cross. They like, mm-hmm. damn it. It does seem like Frank loves his nephews. He was always concerned, unless there's some sort of last minute betrayal. And Thomas is just an evil butler. Right? Does he have so, an English accent? Yes, of course he does. Yeah, of course. He's evil in a '90s book. He's Mustache. a butler. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his name's Thomas. Good. Uh, barbarian Jeez. fashion check. First day on the job. Will. Uh, I'd like to think that I put on some of the kids clothes just to kind of fit in, but also just to <laughs> emphasize how big I am compared to them. Oh, that's fantastic. No, you're downright restrained. See, here's where they're going to throw you <sighs> off. Every once in a while, they're just going to throw you one. Uh, you're in jeans or a t-shirt and a camo jacket. That's the mood we're setting. How yeah. are you going to, how are you going to match up with your brother, Sean? Uh, let's see. Clown pants, anti-pigeon spikes, <laughs> huge cowboy hat, uh, 
all the pigeons from the spikes have nested in the cowboy hat. Uh, hyena on a chain. Uh, fuck. Um, let's see. Tiny clown nose and uh, Santa vest. <laughs> Excellent Santa instincts vest. all around. Uh, right. what, what you're actually doing is wearing 14 different colored t-shirts ripped into shreds <laughs> in different places. Uh, a okay. rainbow Native American headband, a denim Ooh. vest, elbow and knee armor, a ringmaster's mm-hmm. pants, several neon socks, Jeez. and a full cargo net is strapped to your hip and extension cords <laughs> around one ankle. God damn it. I'm going to get I it mean, one of these times. But, yeah, but you're going to get, get it. This is canon because you're dressing with your heart. And, you know. Mm-hmm. And you felt, you felt restrained. You were like, I'll just rip my shirt a little and then wear yeah. normal clothes. You overthought it. That's 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 what being the brains of this operation gets you. <laughs> All right. The police have just left you alone in a mansion with the children. What do you do? How do you celebrate? Well, I know at some like, point we're going to rap, right? I would love to think like that, that that we rapped about about getting strong and staying fit and all that kind of good stuff uh, just to set the mood for how our, our tenure as nannies are going to go. I also feel like we should lose the upper hand of these children very quickly. Like, I feel like we should get overwhelmed by their antics almost immediately. Yeah. <clears throat> That's those, my, are, uh, those are fantastic instincts. Uh, what you actually do is you do a jumping high five. Then you both take a knee and sincerely thank the Virgin Mary before skipping away arm in arm doing silly English boy accents to each other. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And but Meanwhile, you were, the, the kids are getting murdered. <laughs> but you were correct. It is time for mansion antics. The twin boys mm-hmm. attack you with paintball guns. Uh, yes. They're filled with goat's blood. It's considered oh. so normal. We never address it again. And nobody talks about how that's weird. The maid falls in love with you while you wash your shirts in the sink. She frequently throughout this movie will try to get double teamed by you. Her name is Lolita. Oh, the gardener oh, okay, hates this. And now you. There's a sassy black cook. It's the 90s. Welcome to it. The twins despise you and terrorize you at every turn. David, you wonder, maybe it's karma catching up to us. Remember what we used to do to our babysitters? Peter, do you remember? Uh, This was when we were fat kids, so um, I imagine we ate one of them. All right, let's do a flashback where I remember eating one. Just dead on the table, me and my twin brother with spoons just gouging out his intestines, eating his flesh raw. Yeah, parents coming home very horrified. You are getting what, what is happening. a barbarian point for that. Oh, thanks. Because that's basically right. Uh, what you do is you, you <laughs> look back at the ceiling and you say, unspeakable atrocities, and then you both kind of laugh <laughs> while also making horse noises. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> Uh, you decide that the way to a man's stomach is through his mouth. You make pasta for the children. Barbarian fashion check. What is your dinner outfit, Sean? Uh, chef hat. Um, no shirt. Uh, chaps with uh, blue Speedo under. Uh, uh, armbands from my biceps down to my wrists. Uh Let's see. Uh, Native American war paint. <laughs> yep. uh, one and, more thing. Give me uh, one more thing. Oh, okay. Um, a, uh, a golden sash fashioned as a belt. Pretty good. Will, your turn. 
I mean, Sean took the chef's hat. I was just going to do a chef's hat and some kind of like, uh, it, like a, what are the the aprons that you wear when you're cooking, but made out of something completely stupid, like you know, very expensive jeans or acid washed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, t-shirts. No, be like the front of a truck. They've thrown you again. You are simply each wearing half of the other sweater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bradley. The obsessed one. You save on clothes when you buy one sweater for two people. And then split it between two people. That's exactly what they did. Bradley refuses to eat his pasta. His kids hate pasta, I guess. Uh, Oh, no. He he knows that we made the clothes basically in the nude, too. Yeah. So, (laughs) David, you made that pasta. You're the cook, remember? What do you do? How do you handle this? Uh, I want to go with brain, but I mean, my impulse always is just force feed people that, that, that very classic, you squeeze the cheeks, you know, and just mm. ram food in their mouth. Or maybe no, it's you, a, maybe it's an airplane kind of thing too. You know, the, the bringing in the, the spoon to their mouth. Solid barbarian instincts, but no, you just kind of growl quietly to yourself. Like, and it, you get the sense that this is how a barbarian's feelings are hurt. Mm. Oh, wait, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh shit. The children just hang themselves. They're bo- they both just hang themselves, and they are dead. What do you do? I mean, we <laughs> you just walked in on more them. atrocities. Yeah, unspeakable atrocities. <laughs> uh, it's just a funny prank. They got you. They got you by making you think they hung themselves. <laughs> I mean, suicide. It's it's, a, it's an incredible joke. Anytime. Especially when children are involved. I want you to remember the first prank that they pulled on you was shooting with goat's blood. And the next prank was pretending they have hanged themselves. This is absolutely some kind of a ritual. Yes. Like, please remember that moving forward. Or maybe Uh, they did. Maybe they did actually kill themselves. And that was like the the becoming, you know. And now it's a movie about ghost twins. Ghost twin sitters. Twin sitters too. Ghost town. Uh, anyway, you've just gotten over the funny prank of these kids are dead. Uh, it's now time for breakfast. David, you figure no child can turn down steak and eggs, the official breakfast of alcoholic traveling salesmen. And yet Bradley still refuses to eat it. What do you do? Oh man. Well, I got sad last time, right? Yeah. I'm going to try to bird feed him this time. Oh, that's, that's actually oddly sweet. Uh, no, this time you fucking snap, you lift up the dining room table, you hurl everything to the floor and absolutely terrify the holy shit out of the children until they run screaming. It's just a weirdly rageful, like abusive moment in the middle of this fun movie. Then you go, you go to chase them, presumably to kill them, only to find out they've glued both of your boots to the floor, the both of you. What do you do together? Oh, fall down perfectly in sync. I, I feel like we tear the, like, our, you know, again, using that barbarian strike, just tear the floor up. That is precisely what you do. Oh, yes. You both just flex until you rip the tiles out. <laughs> and then you stomp around the house in your tile monster shoes, presumably <laughs> still trying to kill these children. This is good because we can run across the water in these. These are like snowshoes for any surface. Yeah, and also, and Sean's probably next outfit is fucked now because I'm sure tile monster shoes were going to come up eventually. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally Yeah, fucked you should have called it earlier. Uh, it's, it's funny you mentioned running across water because Bradley runs in, Stephen fell in the pool and he can't swim. You dive in to save him only to find it's a dummy roll switch. Sean, you are now Bradley. Mm. William, you're Stephen. You just <laughs> tricked your babysitters into jumping into a pool fully clothed. How do you celebrate? 
Oh, we just piss in that pool, right? Pee in that fucking pool. I was saying exactly that, Will. (laughs) We are in sync. I love how in sync you are. Uh, I'm going to give you a shitty rich twin point. Uh, This will never come up. It will benefit you in no way. Uh, What you actually do is you plug a space heater into an outlet and throw it in the water, murder it. Full Only murder. you realize as it's in the air, the cord's not quite long enough. It comes unplugged before splashing down and you all share a quiet moment realizing just how far these stakes have suddenly escalated. <laughs> this and is incredible. <laughs> that is the end of that scene. Next wow. scene, let's do, let's just start it off. Barbarian fashion check. David, what you wearing? God, I keep getting, it keeps throwing me off because I, I, I want to be conservative, but now I know. Um, I'm trying to prevent myself from being murdered. So I'm going to guess it's like a lot of sports protective wear. Uh, the, you know, the, the catcher's mask, uh, football pads, uh, you know, the, uh, the hot gloves for, for, for cooking uh, just because we're chefs. Clearly um, anything to keep me safe from these kids at this point, because clearly that was <laughs> if the goat's blood, if the fake suicide wasn't enough. Yeah. Yes, that these was are a, that clearly, was, there was a sure sign that there's a homicidal intent. Yes. Yeah, so these are the devil's these children two. and you've just realized it. It's a good response. What you're actually wearing is a tablecloth for a bandana and one third mm-hmm. of a woman's bulky jazzercise sweater, but it's not the part you think. And it's not where you think <laughs> Sean, your outfit, uh, bare feet. I won't fall for that again. Uh, boxers groin protector. A kite fashioned into wings. Fourth place medallion. Snorkel. Uh, a glass eye. One more. Being held on like a monocle. Uh, pigtails. <laughs> and um, fingerless driving gloves. Oh, the fingerless driving gloves. Perfect. Uh, what you're actually wearing is a purple tarp for pants. Light tactical armor, a sports bra covered in children's toy badges, a giant <laughs> star of David, and I knew there was some sort of a medallion or badge element. A giant yeah. star of David and an actual Nazi officer's cap. Oh no! Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I mean, if you want to scare those kids, this is the way to do it. I'm wearing a bra made of your toys, and I'm part of the Third Reich. Like that is that is a serious fucking flex, and no pun intended. Uh, you, we cut to the next scene. You have tied the children up and gagged them. Uh, <laughs> it seems film. like an escalation. I don't know anymore because they did just try to murder you. So I'm not they really did sure. Try to but, kill us, yes. Oh no, their teacher walks in. She's scheduled to homeschool them. What a wacky misunderstanding. No, this is a perfect understanding. She sees yeah. the children tied up and says, You can't tie up children. She's right. Technically. Uh, regardless, the movie decides she's actually here to teach all of you, so you're all in her class now, and you sit in hilarious tiny desks while she teaches you English. David, you're first up. What's a dangling participle? Remember remember the jokes. Uh, it, it's going to be something about my never regions and whether I'm allowed to say that in class or not. I will give you a barbarian point for that. Thanks. You say, is that like when you run out of toilet paper? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sean, uh, roll switch. You're Bradley, the naughty nephew again. It's time for a wisecrack in response to this bit, terrible, terrible joke. Okay. Uh, my wisecrack is uh, I take a pen knife and jam it directly into his mm. carotid artery, mm-hmm. artery uh, laughing as the blood spurts. Uh, you get another twin point for that. Uh, what you actually <laughs> do is you roll your eyes and say, there's never a drive-by shooting when you need one. Ooh. Yeah. Fair enough. That's your wisecrack. 
It's incredible. Now, this this is a short movie and it's got a lot to do. So you both are already in love with the teacher. And more importantly, she's in love with you after this scene. Okay. Uh, that seems that seems to track. It's about how relationships mm-hmm. work. It's dinner time. You tell the boys spaghetti's in the kitchen. They go to get some and a bucket of spaghetti falls on their heads. You both laugh uproariously and then you do something. What do you do? There's that horse noise that, that yeah, seems to have taken the place nice. of the of the walrus noise. Mm-hmm. Um, we could also we could also do some kind of like uh, very stereotypical like Italian um, high fiving, you know, it's a positive pizza, da-da! you know, the the right back into that, uh, you know, reinforcing that stereotype a little bit more. I feel like story wise, we need to kind of get a little bit of comeuppance here. So I feel like we should like fall into a fish tank or something in our laughter. Yeah. Slip on the floor and like fall through the floor. Like, yeah. Hey, look at you trying to predict this. Like it's an actual movie. <laughs> I told you not to do that. And your brain just right. can't. No, you just can't stop. Literally said exactly like what yeah. you actually do is sprinkle Parmesan on them. I believe while making a horse noise, you're going to get a point. That, for that. That. It's bath time. The kids must take a bath. David and just Peter. Just keeps getting darker. <laughs> how do you accomplish this? How do you how do you get the kids a bath? I mean, we could body slam them into the pool. We could uh, spray them down with like hoses. Uh, I'll just stop you right there. You've already got it. You body slam them into the hot tub. Yeah. Yep. You Perfect. body slam right into the hot tub, and then you dump an entire box of Mister Bubble in there. They scream like it's giving them chemical burns, which I guess it might. I don't know about yeah. Mister Bubble in the eighties. Probably. <laughs> Probably accurate. Uh, They're terrified. Uh, They seem to be wounded. The both of you, of course, make horse noises the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The kids are terrified and psychologically ruined, so they run away, stealing a Rolls Royce. But you're in the back seat. Barbarian fashion check. Sean? Just bubbles. (laughs) Will? Will, what's your I like to think... I can think of it in the back of a Rolls Royce. We've we've dressed the part, so it's it's the same like you know way too small clothes, but it's the you know the tux with like tails on it and very very fancy like uh, mm, like a almost very near nineties like cyberpunk like version of the of an undersized tuxedo. Fantastic instincts, uh, Peter. You have put on Grandmaster Flash's workout suit, only more anime <laughs> than you're thinking. Okay, uh, David, you put on an entire leather store, including the saddle. Uh, you're in the back seat. The kids don't see you. They're driving away. What do you do? Also, are the kids naked? Uh, no, they've gotten dressed. Uh, they've, this, is their, this is a plan to run away. Okay. But you're in the back seat, dressed like fucking lunatics because you're clearly fucking lunatics. Uh, the kids don't see you. You're going to do something as they're driving away. I mean, there's still more horse noises to get their attention. Uh, hopefully they wreck the car. Maybe, yeah, maybe we just cause them to wreck the car. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly like, right. You do crash okay. the car, which is do we, when we cause them to? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, you crash the car for them. Uh, the kids have a falling out and begin to fist fight like actual full punches straight to the face. It's like a re- <laughs> weird mood change. They start strangling each other in the dirt. What do you do? It's a real Cain and Abel moment. We should, uh, maybe I, we should fight. We should Maybe. bet on him. We should bet on the. <laughs> I like that you're inspired to just fight. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good. Twins need to fight sometimes. I'm going to yeah. give you a point for that. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Uh, the kids have falling out, begin strangling each other. It's way over the line. Uh, you both laugh and make horse noises. 
and leave. <laughs> this is not your problem. You just let them kill each other. It's true. Uh, it's the next day. It's school. School barbarian fashion check. Will? Ooh, I, uh, that kind of Angus Young uh, schoolboy outfit. Again, very too small, uh, but, but uh, appropriate for the setting. Uh, but yeah, actually pretty close. Uh, Sean? Uh, through comical misunderstanding, I've worn a girl's uh, Catholic schoolgirl nice. skirt, uh, fairy wings, uh, strapped on like a little backpack. Um, let's see. Pony hat for a shirt, most of a Batman costume, mm-hmm. and... Uh, <laughs> as, as just a shirt. Like the legs dangling. <laughs> Most of it really sells it. I have big granite blocks for hands. <laughs> Don't uh, forget your shoes. Oh, yeah. High heel pumps. Of course. Good. You're actually both dressed quite reasonably, but you are palette swapped versions of each other. Oh. Ah, yeah. You, you knew it was going to happen at some point in the movie. You yeah, both ask the did. teacher out and she wants to say yes. But to who? What do you guys do? Hmm. <sighs> I think I mean, we each need to do a demonstration of what we offer. I pick something up, the largest thing I can find. Yeah, and I just, I just murder one of the children. The wrecked Rolls Royce <laughs> would be nice if that's available. Pretty close. Uh, what you do is you get in a sudden, unexpected, knockdown, room-destroying brawl. Uh, David, you whip Peter through the air, certainly killing frail old Thomas with 300 pounds of furious, mm. flailing manham. You both explode through a door outside, landing in the pool cooling you off what do you do now i just wait for that kid to throw a toaster in i say (laughs) now we're as wet as she is (laughs) uh no you take a beat to cool off and then you start trading haymakers until the teacher agrees to go out with both of you so you don't kill each other in front of the children (laughs) huh it's the the children who are furiously masturbating to us like yes the children the children who Clearly have tried to kill you several times. <laughs> Who are of Satan and certainly yeah. both both combined are Satan. Uh, it's date time. You hugely pile into your monster truck. You toss the kids in the back. And then the police pull up to stop you because you forgot you're protecting these children. It's, you <laughs> forgot about the entire premise that this is like, you know, witness protection. There's a gang. Anyway, it's a movie about criminals trying to murder children and the squares want to stop you from taking them out on the town. Uh, what do you say? I, I mean, wait for their explanation for it. Break in with ho- horse noises for sure. And headbutt, you know, the guy to, to knock him out and just go on our way. God, what a powerful yeah. headbutt that would be too. With just yeah. 5,000 pounds of neck muscle that, force. Yeah. yeah. Just a <clears throat> scanner is like head exploding. Yeah. Headbutt. Okay. Uh, no, you don't say it would, anything. The kid's happy. Yeah, yeah, you don't. You don't say anything. You just drive over the police cars in your monster truck, laughing and making <laughs> oh, horse noises. Oh, yes, you knew it was coming, right? I knew. I, mean, I knew the horse noises were there. You, for it, sure. Logically, in any logical movie, it would have been the gate scene where they try to stop you. But in here, the police are just like, "Hey, you remember how people are trying to murder those kids, and you destroy their cars and drive over them and drive away to get to your date." You can't do anything about that legally. If you drive over a cop car in a monster truck. That's it's it. just being a monster truck. You've, you've like, dominated well, it's, it, That's its nature. It's the scorpion and the frog. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's code. <laughs> All right, you drive up to the teacher's house, blasting your own rap song about being huge and driving. Uh, you have gutted a carnival, covered your monster truck in stuffed animals and balloons. The kids are passed out and back. 
barbarian fashion check. What's your data tire, Will? Oh. Well, it says on the brains, I'm going to go with uh, with something yeah, professorly, but again, uh, maybe just a little too small and erotic. Uh, maybe uh, some readers uh, to kind of upstage my, my brother who's all heart. Mm. Um, and uh, maybe just a book of poetry to show my sensitive side. You're, that I've written, of course. You're going to get a of barbarian course. point for that because you went reasonable. Uh you're oh, just wearing your punk yeah. rock leather jacket. It's a date. Sean, yeah. what's your outfit? Uh, I've taken a 12-inch teddy bear that I won at the carnival, and I have burst through it, reverse birth style, face coming out. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, of its crotch, uh, I'm assuming? Thigh-high vinyl boots and um, two teddy bear he- heads on my other hands. On my hands. Uh, that's it. Well, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to give you the barbarian point for that. You are oh. wearing a pirate shirt and rainbow suspenders and a hat made out of stuffed bears. Oh, uh, fuck yes. Yeah, you made a hat. See, I'm zeroing in on it. You, you yeah. are. You just, you're just you getting there. We knew you were going to get there. I was close with that medallion. I was really fucking close with this teddy bear thing. All right, Next there are, time, I'm going to just nail it. There are exactly. only two of you and only one of her. And she wants a good night kiss. What do you do? I mean, our options are to tear in half. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> King Solomon this. Yeah, and just, Whoever doesn't we, want to tear in half gets we, we each go home with a half. Maybe um, we show her how good we are at kissing by kissing each other and letting her judge who is the better kisser. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a real hard to get move that I like. I'm going to give you a point for that because we all expected the kiss <laughs> to happen. Uh, it's not. This accurate. is a great opportunity. What you actually do is you chastely make the other turn around so they can't see you give her a sweet goodnight kiss. Oh. And we take turns? Yeah, and you take turns. I would never have expected this. Just wild veering. Yeah. It's it's time to eat breakfast. I sneak a little sexual escalation into my kiss. I just want you to know that, like, <laughs> I'm not giving her just, like, a little peck. I'm, like, going to try to get my hand under her bra. Yeah, I'm going to instill doubt in her ear, like, when I kiss her, just to be like, you know, my brother, my brother's got his TDs. <laughs> Duly noted. Uh, he, it's, cries, he cries when he ejaculates. <laughs> They're he, both true. They're both very true. <laughs> we, we both do, of course, make the horse noise, though. Yeah. We ejaculate. You understand that that's us yeah. ejaculating every time. Yeah. Uh, it's time to eat breakfast. How do you? It seems like the, the carnival thing is kind of a turning point. The kids are so tired, they can't do anything. You kind of knocked them out. Time to eat breakfast. How do you get the kids out of bed to the table and to eat? Pour a little coffee over the breakfast spaghetti. Yeah, or, or create like a slip and slide out of spaghetti that like, you oh. know, that like Rube Goldberg's them down to breakfast. Uh, close, good instincts. Uh, what you actually do is you ensnare the children in sheets and then drag them down the stairs, uh, bashing their heads <laughs> in. And then you body slam them into their chairs. And this is actually the key. They eat breakfast and they love it. Abuse and yeah. terror has been the key all so- along because you're talking to Satan's children. Yeah, just a little traumatic brain injury makes them respect you. All right, here's here's a special breakfast barbarian fashion check. You get one. Tell me one thing you're wearing. Will. Just pasta. (laughs) 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 Wherever it makes sense. I would have accepted pirate pants or strip of t-shirt. Sean? Uh, A loaf of bread. Propeller beanie. Mm. Propeller beanie. (laughs) 
Surprised it hasn't come up. Hey, uh, speaking of fashion, it's time for the makeover scene. You're going to teach these kids how to dress cool. How do you do oh, this? Fuck yeah. I uh, assume it's going to with the with the montage of us trying on every outlandish fashion of like a wardrobe noun generator that Sean's been doing for at least 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's pretty yeah, good. We all know what I'm going to say. A bunch of weird shit. <laughs> that is uncannily accurate. No, uh, you do this by hanging up their existing clothes and shooting shotguns at them. Oh. Yeah. Roll switch. Wow. Sean, you're Bradley. Describe your makeover. Uh, I look like Steven Tyler's mic stand. Uh, I'm going to stop you right there. You're correct. Nice. <laughs> Will, you're Steven the shy one. Describe yours. Yeah, like a spirit wanderer who, uh, again, got drugged behind a truck for about 45 minutes. Uh, pretty close. Uh, you're both obviously wearing bandanas and backwards caps, brightly colored ripped shirts, flannel vests. We don't have to mention all that. What is special, Stephen? You're rocking one huge pacifier on a necklace with an entire <laughs> baby doll pinned to your vest. Uh, Bradley, wow. you're wearing a toy ray gun and a feather on a long chain, a rubber duck choker, fuzzy dice on your hip, and are also wrapped in a telephone cord. Fuck yes. That toy ray gun is a good look. I mean, all joking aside, that sounds like the best fucking fashion advice so far. That's gotta be. That's gotta be like an Atlanta rapper move. Uh, Thomas the butler walks in with a full tea service on a tray. What does he do? Oh, he's dropping when he sees these kids. What's his face like? What's what's the face like? It's like a here we go again. Does it make a sound? Exactly. So you're finally bonding with the children. You're t- you teach them how to play basketball wrong, how to cook wrong, how to play tennis wrong. It's a hilarious montage. <laughs> uh, real quick, fashion check. Same deal. One item. Sean? Tennis skirt. Pretty close. I would have accepted Viking helmet, one quarter of a sweater, or magician scarves instead of socks. Will? I'd like to think it was the Thomas's skin from where we bonded over killing him. Good instincts. Uh, I would have said accepted most of a sweater, just panties and combat. Oh. All right. Yeah. A police car pulls up to the front gate. The officer leans out and calls to security. Everything all right here? Security smiles and says, just fine. The officer chuckles relieved. He says, have a nice day. Not. And then he murders them with a silenced pistol. Whoa. He's a hitman, and budget ninjas okay. attack the mansion. You're, uh, David, you're under attack by dollar store ninjas. All you have is a football and a table. What do you do? A football and a table. Okay, so, uh, you know, catapult style. Push, kick the table so hard with my foot that it launches the football through one of the budget ninjas. Pretty close. Uh, you nail one in the face with a football, pretty much killing him, and the others you just throw through the table. You're not feeling That's super true. creative. Yeah. Peter, you're at one end of a long hallway. The ninjas are fleeing in a perfect V formation. There is an inexplicably giant globe next to you and nothing else in this hallway. This is the globe hallway. You will be punished severely if you don't get this question right. How do you take down those goons? See, they're lined up like bowling pins. And I have a bowling ball shaped thing. Yes. Uh, Eat the the globe. 
Sonic Hulk clap. <laughs> I am taking away five barbarian points. <laughs> Uh, what what you actually do is you pull them down with a giant globe, man. Of course oh, you do. Shit. Uh, is there I any kind of you, is there a zinger involved with that the the act? I will give you a follow up chance to make one of those barbarian points back. <laughs> Does it make the clattering pin strike sound effect? Um, you know what? I don't want the point, so no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> Keep your point. It's it dead does. silence. It knocks them all down, and it's. Dead silence. You just stand over their limp bodies, just looking <laughs> yeah, it's, intense. Yeah, it's their death rattle. That's all you can hear is just this, the pant of them. Quietly their stomping each one's their bodies. Neck, <laughs> just finishing them off. David, you're outside. All you have is a leaf blower. A ninja attacks. How do you take him down? Oh, I mean, uh, inflate him with it, obviously, and then pop him. Dig <laughs> uh, dead murder. You yeah. leaf blow him so hard he explodes through the windows because somehow you being muscular supercharges leaf blowers. Well, That's the implication. Uh, this yeah. interrupts the gardener and that maid who wanted to get double teamed by you. Uh, they hit it off. Yeah, they oh, got together. I know you've been laid. on the edge of your seat. So, so, so we knocked the guy through the window and the reveal is that on the other side of the wall, they were... They, they were, were fucking... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and fucking when a corpse landed on him. So, <laughs> which made, I mean, that's, it, made that's, it even more exciting. Yeah, that's their thing now. They're going to try to yeah. replicate that shit. They're in a James Spader movie. <laughs> They're uh, in the right house. The hitman has the kids and he just jumped into a helicopter with them. It's taking off and you can only reach the treads. What do you do? I, I mean, I leap onto the helicopter, both of us together. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And we pull it back down. There you go. Ooh. There it is. What's yeah. going to get that point? You grab the treads and wrestle it down because you're so strong you can grip the ground with your shoes. Uh, it's close, but ultimately the helicopter does take off, bringing you with it. You fall into the pool because it's that kind of movie. It's later and the boys are gone. Police mm. rushing all over the mansion, trying to conduct their investigation. You're both feeling very maudlin, rewatching videos you took of earlier today when you were bonking. <laughs> <laughs> are you serious yes yeah. <laughs> what oh, is so remember, remember remember the good times paul remember when i bowled those ninjas with the globe <laughs> remember when we played sports wrong uh two hours ago uh yeah, what's so your maudlin wear david what's your morning wear you've changed outfits by the way oh mine's mine's definitely like the little old italian grandma like uh, the funeral wear you know with like the with the veil and everything oh that's great mm. it's sweatpant overalls and Freddy Krueger <laughs> sweater. Sean? Wow. Fisherman's sweater. Orthodontal headgear. <laughs> Eye patch. That's, that's fantastic. That's, that's so close to something. Uh, you're wearing a <laughs> denim shirt bound up with dozens of bandanas, a corsage made out of troll dolls, camo pants, oh. and of course, you have your formal morning cargo net attached. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why, but it's there. The kidnappers say they want to meet Frank, uh, the lesser evil executive, and they want to meet him alone. But you two, you just know it's a setup to kill them. Just then you spot Thomas on the videotape doing nothing. He's just standing around. That's the clue you needed. He's evil. You confront him and he spills a briefcase full of money. You need to get the location of the kids out of him. How do you do it? Uh, We burn the money. We threaten them, threaten the money. Yeah, and then and then and then me and Sean turn into a human vice that we like 
crush him with until oh, he yeah. gives us the information that we need. I've got to give you both a barbarian point for that just because it's really, it's a good one. Uh, you, you'll never get what you actually did. What you actually <laughs> do is you photocopy his head and oh. somehow each photocopy hurts him. And then you examine the printouts of his face to determine whether or not he's lying by the faces he makes. Holy Holy shit. (laughs) This does not work. (laughs) Shocker. This does not work. So what, what is your next, what's your next plan? Oh, fuck. I'm just going to skip ahead. You've drawn quarter him with your monster truck. Okay. Okay. I mean, I don't know if we would have got there. Maybe eventually. (laughs) Uh, Oh yeah. 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 Hook him up to one end and then one of us holds his legs. Like that's definitely. Yeah, that's basically it. Uh, He tells you they're at the harbor because he doesn't want to be pulled into pieces. And you, you know what you do? You drive away anyway. But (laughs) he's not pulled apart. It wasn't connected to the truck. It's all fun and games. This is home alone. Remember? Right. All right. You're at the harbor and the villains are holed up in a cargo ship as every single villain in the 90s did. Cargo ships were just the safe space. There are so many guards, and you need a plan. What is it? I feel like if there's a bunch of container ships, we obviously push them over and kill them in, like, again, kind of like Wile E. Coyote fashion. Yeah, we just Um, mash them with a cargo container. I think that. Plus the gore, you know, like we get sprayed with blood and then make horse noises. (laughs) I like the instinct. That's that's the Barbarians, the movie instinct. I love it. Yeah, it's, it would have been totally accurate in a different movie. Uh, Maybe we could take oh, something we like we're delivering from, pizza. Let's take something we learned from earlier in the movie. Let's pretend like we've hung ourselves, and when they come oh. to investigate, then we uh, throw them in the ocean, and then throw a radiator into the ocean to electrocute them. Right, and yeah. then all the fish will the come twins, up. The twins taught you so much, and now it's yeah. time to use it. Uh, no, what you we do, did go to school with them. Yeah, that's true. What you do is you put out the twin signal. You call in the Tigers, a mysterious set of karate Asian twins we have never oh. seen before, and the Aleems, a set of jive-talking, streetwise black twins whose catchphrases are want to buy a Rolex and what's happening? God damn it. Together. No <laughs> yes, <Perfection>. you do. <laughs> Not, again, none of these characters have ever been mentioned even in passing at any point you put out a twin signal calling two sets of unrelated twins and those sets of twins demolish the large crew of armed criminals who just never stood a chance i just love that they had like a bingo sheet of like stereotypes that they just went down Mm -hmm. like did we get do we get black twins in there yet what did they say the alims they say want to buy a rolex and uh the guy turns to him like oh yeah sure i might buy a rolex on this cargo ship from this mysterious black man and then he punches him (laughs) And that's the plan. The other goes, what's happening? And the guy turns to him like, I'll answer that question. And then he gets punched in the face. That's how they take him out. What do the Asian twins do? Just karate. Karate oh. and shenanigans. Do they make uh, Bruce Lee sound effects? Uh, no, they don't make Bruce Lee sound effects. I do think there's a gong at one point. Mm. Uh, maybe it's just inevitable that there would have been a gong. There it is. <laughs> I knew it. I knew there was a gong somewhere. Okay. You find the kids, but the hitman is holding his gun on them. You never planned for this. Just any kind of resistance. Sean, uh, you played the first Barbarian Brothers game. You should know what to do when the bad guy lightly threatens you with a ranged weapon. Oh, my God. Uh, I feel like uh, he he didn't charge him in the Barbarians. I think he waited for it to malfunction, if I remember right. Uh, 
So I think I'm just going to wait for him to shoot the kid and hope the safety's on. That is exactly right. You do nothing. Yes! You give up completely, forcing the kids to save themselves. Uh, they bash his head in with a fire extinguisher because, again, they're they're the children of Satan. And yeah, they were they were they were itching for an excuse to like legally murder yeah. someone. Yeah, they didn't. That's not even our twin influence. That was. Yeah. They were like that before we got here. There's they no character arc for these. Yeah, kids. They, they were born that way. That was nature, not nurture. They they didn't need this. Uh, Finally, Strom, the evil businessman from the beginning who you've barely seen, George Lazenby, uh, he's cornered. He's evil incarnate. He's 60 years old. He's got a raincoat. George Lazenby, he has a gun. What do you do? Recognize him as the boy's real father, probably. (laughs) Or missing father. What a twist. I know. I mean, pure evil, it would make sense. Uh, send him off with the uncle to like maybe give him morality, but that didn't work. And now it's a family reunion. I take seven of the objects on my medallion and and my sports bra, and I throw them at him. Mm. Man, you forgot the last fucking question. There's a bad guy <laughs> with a ranged weapon. You give up completely. Oh shit! Yeah, you're right. yeah, yeah. I give up completely. a police officer or something. Somebody shoots him from off camera. That's the bad guy of the movie. He's dead. It's one of the okay. cops. Now, did the kids at least eat him? Does something, does anything happen dramatically beyond just like writing themselves out of having I, to write I something? I will tell you there's a bomb that has not been mentioned, but you all know about. Okay. Uh, so every single person on the ship, there's like 50 people. You all gather in a perfect line and you leap off in sync as the ship explodes. It's Excellent. a very good ending. Yeah. Then we, they didn't, it doesn't sound like they got there organically, but I really like that, that they knew that's how they wanted the scene to end. And they're just like, fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> Also, did we just forget about all the toxic waste stuff? Yes. Thank you for noticing. Because <laughs> okay, I was afraid we were at this place with all this toxic waste. Like at some point that 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 melt guy from Robocop. No, was the toxic show up waste or... is not on the ship. Uh it's it's used as like the bad thing that he did, and it's never brought up again. Yeah, fair enough. Thanks for noticing. It's more than anybody involved with this movie ever did. <laughs> all right, it's months later. Movie. It's months later. The teacher is dating both of you. Your restaurant, Mm -hmm. you have a restaurant now. It's a huge success. Patronized, of course, mostly by twins. Mm -hmm. Uh, You use the money you stole from Thomas to open it. He stole his money. And somebody says, that must have cost him an arm and a leg. You say, almost, and then lift the children (laughs) triumphantly over your head so we can end on a synchronized fist pump freeze frame. There's only one question I have left for the Barbarian Brothers. Do you do the entire soundtrack to this movie? <laughs> of fucking course. Absolutely. You both get a Barbarian point for that. You do the entire soundtrack to this movie. Hell yes, you do. Uh, here's the track list, and this is important. It's in order. Now, I know one of these because uh, I did put that What You're Looking At song on here, and I saw... Give me, give me a little bit one of it. One of the songs was called At War With The Weights. Okay, don't get ahead of me. But you're, you're correct. <laughs> it's in order, remember. So it is. Okay. It's what you're looking at. You're mm-hmm. full of baloney. <clears throat> at war with the weights. Harley, just Harley. Brothers forever. Next song is called Shut Up. Next song is called <laughs> The Babysitters. And the way they closed the album, the way anybody closed anything before 1995. The way I'm going to close this podcast, if you get it right, what's the name of that last song? It's not coming to me, but I know it'll occur to me after you say it. So 
accept me rapidly Remember what you believe Cause drugs can't help nobody When your body's in need You got the right To say no To drugs You got the right To say no To drugs Say no Einstein Hooter Frankfurt Welcome to Hot Dog Warriors Supreme Edition. Choose your fighter. Three Finger Louie, Aaron Croston, Adrian H with powerful charge specials, Squat Style Adrian, Aiden Moet, Alpha Scientist Javo, Armando Nava, Benjamin Zyronin, Bim Talzer, Brandon Garlock. Brian Saylor, Brianne Whitney, Brockway loves the meat belly. This character is unavailable in countries with human decency laws. Cyril, Rev, Chase McPherson, Chris Brower, Curious Glare, Dan B, Dean Costello, the secret fighter. Just hit up, up, Dean, down, down, Costello, Donald Finney. Dr. Awkward, Eric Spalding, Fancy Shark, Jellaho, Hambone, from the Savage Realm, Haraka, blades on his hands and feet and one other part, Hot Fart, Jaber Al Aiden, John Dean, John McCammon, John Minkoff, from North Dakota, Josh S. Not everywhere is the Savage Realm. Ken Paisley. Ken M. Laziest Man on Mars. Matt Cortez. Matt Riley. Mike Styles. Moju, the dance fighter. Feel the rhythm or just mash buttons. Both work. ND. Neil Bailey. Neil Schaefer. Neopont, Nick Ralston, Nick H, Ozzy Olin, Patrick Herbst, Rhiannon, who crouches in a corner and sweeps, don't hate, Rich Joslin, Timmy Leahy, Toastigard, Tom Sakula, Tommy G, Yosarian, or hold X to select Dark Yosarian. And Sarkovsky, the unlockable boss fighter. To play as Sarkovsky, you must defeat every other hot dog warrior using the hot dog trombone peripheral. Hot dog trombone not included or for sale anywhere.